Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for June 23. My name is John Mason. Thank you for joining us. Over the last 17 months, millions have watched helplessly as loved ones have died from COVID-19. For many, there's been no comfort or hope. In recent times, our culture has made a habit of setting aside the wisdom of the past, and especially the wisdom of the Bible. But as we touched on last week, when we are facing catastrophe and are confronted with the realities of the human experience, the words of the Bible come through with immense power and wisdom, truth and compassion. For here there is comfort for the brokenhearted and hope for the bereaved. In the book of Job, chapter 19, we read Job's words, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. And through the words and works of Jesus Christ, we see the evidence of God's life-giving power, providing a sure hope of life beyond the grave. In Mark chapter 5, we read of a twelve-year-old girl who was dying. Her father Jairus, a synagogue ruler, had ignored the usual Jewish religious leadership opposition to Jesus and had begged him for help. And while Jesus agreed to go with Jairus, he hadn't hurried. In fact, when he realized that a woman had been cured by touching his clothing, Jesus had stopped to speak with her. We can imagine Jairus's further sense of helplessness. It's worth pausing to consider Jesus' lack of urgency. Often we're anxious because we think God doesn't understand the urgency of our need. It's helpful to realize that Jesus knows our situation. During the delay, a messenger brought Jairus the news that his daughter had died. Overhearing a comment to Jairus, why trouble the teacher any further, Jesus' reassuring response is remarkable. Do not fear, only believe. Jesus' words underline a theme we've already observed. With his coming, fear can give way to faith. Not just any faith, or faith in faith, but faith in him. It was a test of Jairus' faith. The delay not only heightened the drama of the miracle, but shows us that we can trust God to be working out His good purposes for us at all times, even in tough times when He seems to be doing nothing. So far in Mark's narrative, there is very little evidence of this kind of faith, and yet it is something that He wants to press on us, His readers, as He moves on to the climax of this event. By noting that Jesus took with him into the house Peter and John and James, the three who would later witness Jesus' transfiguration, Mark affirms their credibility as witnesses to Jesus. Furthermore, by describing the scene at Jairus' house where people were weeping and wailing loudly, Mark heightens the further drama of the scene. With Jesus' words, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. The crowds laughed. They knew the girl was dead, otherwise they would not have been there. And they certainly didn't believe that Jesus could do anything for her. But in saying that the girl was sleeping, 
a word that could signify either physical sleep or death, Jesus indicated the situation was not as hopeless as they thought. Are there not times when we are downcast because we don't expect God to do the unexpected? Taking the girl's parents and the three disciples with him to her bedside, he took the girl's hand and without any fuss or incantation said, Talitha kumi, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. In touching the dead girl, Jesus had technically become impure and ritually unclean, yet he had not hesitated to do this for her sake. At his words, immediately the girl got up and began walking. Understandably, the parents were amazed at this extraordinary act of Jesus. Directing that they should give her something to eat, Jesus not only showed his understanding of the girl's need, he wanted everyone to know she was not an apparition. She was truly alive. No one but God could raise the dead. There's no other word to describe what Jesus had. Power. Power over death itself. Power to turn a day of mourning into a day of joy. An event such as this awakens us to where hope is to be truly found. According to the Bible, we're all helpless. We try to hide this or simply ignore it. But the reality is that we are not in charge of our destiny. Our world is subject to titanic forces far beyond our control. Consider the power of fires, floods and earthquakes. Consider the evil in the world and the atrocities that are perpetrated for the sake of human power. Consider the power of a pandemic and the harsh reality of death. C.S. Lewis spoke of suffering as God's megaphone. It can awaken us to the realities of our helplessness and therefore our need for God. Sometimes it's only when we face the realities of life and death that we come to our senses and turn to Jesus. Whatever our cry is, Mark wants us to know that our cry will be heard. We can also point people we know who have lost loved ones through COVID or for some other reason to the God of all hope. In Christ Jesus alone, helplessness can be changed to hopefulness. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, keep your people continually in a true faith in you, so that those who lean only on the hope of your heavenly grace may always be defended by your mighty power. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. A prayer for this week. Preserve your people, Lord God, with your continual mercy. For without you we will fall because of our frailty. Keep us always under your protection and lead us to everything that makes for our salvation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, and Catherine Jacob, a minister for women's ministry at the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama. The concluding music is from the cathedral. Prayers are drawn from an Australian prayer book, 1978. The opening music is from St Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, and the hymn Crown Him With Many Crowns is sung by the Chamber Choir of St Andrew's Cathedral under the direction of Ross Cobb. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you.